Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. Now, you don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And if you happen to be a Willem Dafoe fan, you're in for a special treat because this episode is a salute to him and his impressive acting career. Defoe is without a doubt one of the best and busiest actors working today. Currently, he's at the top of his game in The Hunter, a fascinating movie released just last week. But he's appeared in over 70 other films, including Shadow of the Vampire and Platoon, each of which earned him an Oscar nomination. Happily, film buff and award-winning blogger Fausto Rodriguez-Wirtz is here to help us pay tribute to this versatile two-time Oscar nominee. So I'd like to bring her on right now. Fausta is almost a regular tribute show guest. She's appeared on our tributes to Michael Caine, our tribute to Humphrey Bogart, <laughs> and most recently, George Clooney. Fausta, thanks for agreeing to be part of of today's tribute to, to Willem Dafoe. Oh, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure being here. Well, it's always great to have you with us. I, uh, what I really love about you when you're on the show, it's just your enthusiasm and your knowledge about movies. And uh, I always admire your taste because it's so much like mine. <laughs> so I don't know whether we'll have anything to, to argue about today. And, uh, but we, there's a lot of mo- movies that we can talk about. I wanted to, to tell our listeners, uh, Fausta, that why I picked uh, Willem Dafoe. I know you, you're a fan of his, so uh, so this is right up your alley. But um, last week, well, actually, I saw this movie before last week, The Hunter, and it just bowled me over. And it's the first film that I've seen with Willem Dafoe where he has, well, he's on the screen practically all through the movie. I mean, he is he is the movie, and I thought he was just absolutely spellbinding. And I thought, well, my goodness, I I have seen Willem Dafoe in so many movies, and so I started looking back at the reviews that I had written of his movies, mm-hmm. and I discovered that every one of his movies that I reviewed. Even though he was, you know, a supporting actor because he's pretty much a, a character actor, I gave high praise to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even when I didn't like the movie, and I thought, my gosh, this guy deserves some recognition. So <laughs> I thought, well, we'll, well, we will do a, we will definitely do a tribute to him. And I do want to uh, let the listeners know that the chat room is open. 
So um, anyone who would like to sign up, please feel free to do so and to offer your suggestions about uh, your favorite films and performances uh, by Willem Dafoe. If you need a little memory jog, here are some of Dafoe's movies, in addition to The Shadow of the Vampire and Platoon that were already mentioned. Spider-Man, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, The Clearing, Mr. Bean's Holiday, The English Patient, The Aviator, Boondock Saints, American Dreams, Mandalay, The Last Temptation of Christ, Daybreakers, Autofocus, and Finding Nemo. Well, that's quite a list, and it's not even a complete one. And um, I'm reminded uh, in an email that uh, Jane Bernard sent me that we mustn't forget to mention Defoe's theater experience. Uh, She told me about an experimental group called the Wooster Group that um, is uh, operating in uh, New York City. And uh, she mentioned that Defoe is a is a co-founder, one of the founders of this of this group. And she, Jane lives in New York, and she's seen the group, and she's seen uh, Defoe with him in the, in live theater. And she calls uh, the performances by this group outrageous, iconic, creative, provocative, engaging, <laughs> confusing, <laughs> and powerful. <laughs> and she says, for example, imagine seeing Shakespeare done as Kabuki, with TV screens high above the stage, showing scenes from Kurosawa movies during the show. (laughs) Well, wow. Fausta, that description almost motivates me to take a trip to the Big Big Apple, but I know you're closer than I am, so (laughs) so how would you like to go and report back? (laughs) Um, I'm considering it. Actually, that sounds pretty interesting. Well, it does. It does to me too. So if so, if you make it, uh, then uh, the next time you're on the show, we can we can get a firsthand uh, <laughs> review yes. of of that of that group. Um, With Kurosawa playing on screens, that's, that's really laying it on thick. And the costumes, I guess, are just absolutely uh, incredible too. So so that would be something to see. But this is Movie Attic headquarters. So we should return to the main topic of the day. Which Defoe films are your favorites? I I know that uh, we're going to agree on some of these. So so why don't you, you uh, tell us about your favorite uh, Willem Defoe movies? I I like them a lot in um, Nosferatu because that was such a weird weird character. I mean that was just Beyond bizarre. I mean, not in Nosferatu, in Shadow of the Vampire, where he plays the Nosferatu character. Exactly. And you, the way that the that the movie was developed, you know how the story develops. You don't really know who this character is. He's just, you know, he's just this very strange-looking guy that. is there, but I'm not gonna give away the plot because then it ruins it for somebody who hasn't list, who hasn't watched it. However, he looks in that character identical to the original Nosferatu character from the original yeah. from the original movie. Now, Absolutely. Um, um, he was also in one of my most favorite movies, which is Far Away So Close, 
which is the one about the angels that come to Earth. Like City of Angels? Yes. This is a sequel to Far Away So Close. I mean, this is a sequel to um, um, Wings of Desire. Oh, yes. Now, I, I have City of Angels that. was based on Wings of Desire. Wings of Desire is the original German movie with um, oh um, Gans, Bruno Gans, I think, yeah. Um, yes. And um, Far Away So Close is the second installment of these angels who live in Berlin, and the angels want to have the life of humans because um humans have their own free will humans feel emotion and also humans have mortal lives which you know considering that angels do not age and well at least they're not supposed to be aging in that movie um and have a life of eternity um it gives you a, diff- a different perspective on mortality and on love, I'm, too. It's a very romantic movie. Well, I'm going to put that on my list because I was not aware of that uh, of that particular movie. So so thank you for mentioning that. And Shadow of the Vampire, uh, well, I'm going to talk quite a bit about that a, a little bit later. But I see in the chat room that we do, that uh, Jay Rouch loved um, Willem Dafoe's character in the Boondock Saints movies and thank you uh jay roush for for pointing that out that's another one that i'm going to have to see i haven't seen all 70 <laughs> of willem dafoe's movies so um i'm looking forward to seeing uh more of them because i am uh, i was so impressed with with him in in the hunter which i which i saw recently so you would pick shadow of the vampire and you'd pick uh, So Far, So Close, that's the name of it? Far Away, So Close. Oh, Far Away, So Close. And I, I imagine that's available on Netflix as as uh, Boondock Saints is probably available oh, on I'm, Netflix. I'm sure Far Away, So Close is, is on Netflix. It might even be on uh, Amazon Stream. Great. We'll definitely look, look for that. Well, I, I'm going to uh, pick, of course, Shadow of the Vampire, and this one will be a surprise for you. Mr. Bean's Holiday with Rowan Atkinson. I don't know whether you <laughs> saw that one. <laughs> and he, was a, he played this uh, filmmaker that uh, Rowan Atkinson's character, Mr. Bean, sort of uh, overshadowed and made him so angry. <laughs> and it was it was quite funny. And uh, Spider Man, I I just loved loved what he did with the Green Goblin and you know the alter ego and then oh yeah the, the psychotic uh, uh, businessman. Uh, so those would be my those would be my uh, favorites. But um, but I would have to pick. Uh, well, I don't know. I I go for the. Um, the last movie that I've seen, I mean, is that is that shallow? <laughs> but it's in my but it's in my mind. It's this uh, this the hunter. It, you know, it was filmed in um, Tasmania. Tasmania. Oh, you know, it was filmed completely over in Tasmania. And wow. my gosh, the the intriguing, I mean, the gorgeous cinematography and and Defoe 
having this, you know, huge role. He plays a mercenary hired by a biotech company to find a supposedly extinct animal, and he really doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but just his actions, he just draws us in to this secret mission, and uh, we we really just can't take our eyes off of him, and, and we don't know what his character will do when he finds the uh, this animal, which is uh, the elusive Tasmanian tiger. And, of course, oh. no one there in Tasmania knows that this is what he's doing. He tells them that he's a scientist, and the oh. character's, character's name is Martin David, but, but they, nobody likes him there <laughs> because he's a, he's a stranger, and they call him a, a greenie. But he's the ultimate professional, so he goes off into the forests and mountains, for days at a time to gather information about the Tasmanian tiger. Wow. And wow, do we see Tasmania with this cinematography. In fact, the cinematographer, Robert Humphreys, won a 2012 Best Cinematography Award from the Australia Film Institute for his work. And that definitely was was his award to win because it's it's just it's just gorgeous but like he does in so many movies Defoe just transforms himself into uh, Martin David here and and he does have a beard which which helps it's a good look for him and he even makes this guy a mercenary that he is a likable character despite the nature of his uh, of his job and the whole film just stayed with me. You know it's something special when wow. you see a film, and it stays with you days after after seeing it. And it just made me more concerned for animals on the endangered species list. And not only that, after after watching it, I, I'm so worried about you know and upset about people who will do anything to perfect you know even more deadly weapons for killing people and, and animals. So it's it's a very unusual movie. And I know that it was released only limited uh, in the U.S. Maybe it's maybe it's getting a wider uh, worldwide uh, release. But I hope uh, all the fans of Willem Dafoe will will see that. Uh, will see yeah, that I'm particular. looking for it locally, mm-hmm. and I I don't see it anywhere. I mean, I don't so, see it anywhere in in the Princeton area. They got. Um, a whole lot of other stuff, but nothing, nothing on the hunters. This sounds really good. This sounds like the kind of movie I I like to see. Oh, I I know you would. I know you would enjoy it. And and uh, most most people who who enjoy Willem Dafoe would definitely really have to see this film. So I hope it gets wider release, or in a few months maybe it will be available on on DVD. I'll I'll keep you posted on that. Well, yes, it looks like we do. You and Hunter I have games, some agreement. <laughs> I know, I know. We we have we agree on Shadow of the Vampire, but you haven't seen The Hunter, and I haven't seen Far Away So Close, so we've got some catching up <laughs> to do on that. But um, now we, we've got he some, also was wasn't he in the in the um, oh um, what was the um, I have the name at the tip of my tongue. Um, Platoon wasn't he in Platoon? Yes, he re- he received an Oscar nomination for Platoon. Okay, and for and for Shadow of the um, Shadow of the Vampire, but Platoon was so long ago, and I haven't yes. seen it in it years. Like so, three hundred years to, ago. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to take take a look at that. But he did play a, a compassionate role. I mean, a little different different role for for him. But we have some more input on um, favorite Defoe films. My friend Diana Sanger from Classic Movie Guide sent an email picking, guess what, Shadow of the Vampire (laughs) and Platoon. And Mad Movie Man A.J. Hockery sent me the following message, quote, my favorite Willem Dafoe performance is, no surprise here, that of Max Schreck in Shadow of the Vampire. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But outside of that, I also had fun watching him as an egocentric uh, filmmaker, oh hooray! In Mr. Bean's Holiday, <laughs> and an emotionally distant husband in Antichrist, which I I don't know anything about and didn't see it, so that's another one we might. And as a leader of a motorcycle gang in one of my favorite '80s cult flicks, Streets of Fire. Oh, so I remember you seen that. Any of those? I saw that a long time ago, though. That was good. Those are good choices. Yes, I think I think they are very very good uh, choices. And I like uh, Jay Rouch's uh, suggestion of the boon the Boondock Saints. Uh, well, let's talk specifically about um, Defoe's performances. Now we've talked about the films that we like, but which one, which performance? You know, we're going to try to pick one that you think was his best and why. Hmm. It's hard to choose. I remember him in Mississippi Burning because he was well, that was a good one. He was one of the if, if he was one of the agents, if I remember right, he was one of the agents investigating what happens. Yes, he was with Gene Hackman. Yes, and uh, the two of them work very well together because you have yes, they, did. they they played. Two very different men, but they were that they didn't try to like outstage each other. You know, nobody was trying to choose a scenery or anything like that. You know, they were just very. I thought they were very realistic as to how their characters came across this incident, which was a horrible crime, and how how their their own persons develop. During the investigation, and and that was I I thought that was the the best part about that movie that you have an investigation that changes in a sense the investigators, not just the plot. Yes, I remember that. I think that's a good that's a good pick. He was he was excellent in that. Of course, I think everybody was very good. Yeah, that in, was a uh, very good movie. Um, that's another movie burden. from the eighties, I think, too. I know. We I know keep way back at oldies but goodies, you know, but um that was a uh, that really I thought was a very good movie. Um the the more um the the most controversial movie he made was The Passion of the Christ. I saw The Passion of the Christ just because there were people picketing it in front of the movie theater and I wanted to see what the fuss was about. And I'm sorry to say I thought the movie was horribly boring. Yes, it it was, but I thought again, as I mentioned before, even some of the movies that uh, Defoe has made that I didn't enjoy, he was always he he was always good 
and and watchable, but but it was, and I I believe it was the temptation of Christ. Oh, the, that's right. The, because the temptation it was, of Christ, the passion of the Christ is uh, Caviezel, who is now in a person of interest to which I am totally addicted. Yes, yeah, so that was a Mel Brooks. That was not Mel Brooks. Why do I want to say that? Not Mel Brooks. It was Mel Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson who did. But uh, now, um, uh, he, he, I just didn't see. I mean, I understand that in principle, the the last temptation of Christ is blasphemous because it goes against not only Catholic dogma; it goes against what's actually in the Bible. But. Mm-hmm. I think that if they hadn't made such a fuss over the movie, everybody would have forgotten it just because the movie was suddenly boring. Oh my God! I mean, he I was good. He, you know, he gave a good performance, but the movie was still boring. Yes, I I agree with you on that. I, we do have uh, the same taste <laughs> in movies, at least, yeah. and I do agree with that. I, but you're so you're going to pick the his performance in Mississippi Burning. Yes, as the I one really like that, that a lot. Um, and of course I, he had to it, he had to play more of a normal guy too. So yes, this was a it, 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 this this was like a man a regular guy trying to do his job in a in a very um, a very charged situation. And I thought that was a that was a really good performance. Um, and I, surprisingly. I did like him in in Spider-Man. I thought um his character I mean he's supposed to be the bad guy, but at the same time you really empathize with him. Yes, ab- absolutely. I mean he he really did a lot with that with that character. And um I agree that that was that was one of his best performances, but but I'm I'm going to have to go with although I I you know really was bowled over by the hunter. I think his very best performance was as uh, Orlock in Shadow of the of the Vampire. I just absolutely thought he got into that that role completely and just made the movie. He was, oh yeah. Of course, he had had quite a lot of competition <laughs> from uh, John Malkovich, <laughs> the two of them, but. Uh, yeah, yes, but Jim Malkovich has cornered the market on weird characters, you know. So it's, I know, it's, I know. Well, I had the good fortune of interviewing Willem Dafoe in person about oh his gosh. performance in in uh, Shadow of the Vampire. He was at uh, Telluride. That's where they they screened the movie, and this was back in September of 2000. And I, uh, when I met him, you know, I I was so surprised because he's I had seen him in all these roles, these uh, kind of villains and uh, sort of unconventional, non-conventional characters. And so when I saw him, I was so surprised because he's he's completely non-threatening and very friendly in person. And uh, so I, I just thought, well, well, this isn't going to be so bad. You know, this is going to be a pretty good interview. He's just he's just a normal guy. <laughs> Wow. But we had to talk about the about the the vampire that he was playing, and you remember how Cloris Leachman, when she was on the show, she talked about the makeup and the costume. 
Oh yeah, and, and how that helped her. That helped her play the play the play the character. And this was sort of the same thing with uh, with Willem Dafoe. He said, "No one on the set ever saw me without the vampire makeup." And he said, "I had to." He said, "I had to arrive three hours before." everyone else to get made up and I stayed later to remove the makeup oh. <laughs> so just like in our film people started wondering if I was a real vampire oh my <laughs> and, gosh that's yeah. so funny so, but he 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 really did get into it and but he added touches of of humor uh, you know, to this this scary role, I remember like clicking those claw-like fingernails when plotting something evil. And when I mentioned this, he answered, "Well, I like the costume <laughs> and the mask <laughs> and the physicality of the character." But he admitted to me that he had difficulty with one particular scene, uh, and this is the way he described it. He said, "In the sequence where I'm drinking schnapps with the producer and writer, I have to catch a rubber bat that's swinging by me on a fishing pole." bite off its head, and just go right on talking. <laughs> he said it was four in the morning, and we were about to lose the light, and we had to shoot the entire thing straight through without any retakes. And he said, I felt considerable pressure to get that shot right the first time, and I oh. guess he did. <laughs> and then he, told, he, he was joking about the image he projected while filming. He said that they were on location in a little Luxembourg village, and you can imagine how children coming home from school were frightened when they saw me in this horrible, as this horrible creature emerging from the forest. <laughs> so he really, I, you know, I asked him how he prepared for the role, and he said that it all had to had to wait until he got into the makeup. Wow. And he said he didn't just have the extreme makeup, but he also had this costume that was restricting. And it was, he said, just the whole costume and makeup was a great huge mask which uh, which frees you up so much and then I was so I, I laughed at what he said at the end of the interview he said that he's used to playing unconventional roles even though he once complained about missing out on more traditional parts because filmmakers view him as quote an eccentric actor in dark little films a uh, kind of boy next a kind of boy next door type if you live next door to a mausoleum <laughs> And so you see what a great time I had with uh, with him, uh, and that's probably why I, I I enjoyed that performance so much. I I um, I, I just enjoyed I enjoyed it, and that's that's why I'm so happy to be able to be uh, paying tribute to to him today, and so glad that that you're here <laughs> to Funny. help with that. I just wish now, you would spell his name William, but you know, guy has to be W I double L E M. So there you go. That helps. That's right. To be, I do hear people call him William or just just Will, but uh, Willem is what you know is what he what he goes by. Um, I also was wondering, you know, now he's been Willem Dafoe has been working steadily. We mentioned, you know, 300 years ago, since about he's been working since about 90, 1980, when he, I think he got a role in Heaven's Gate, and then it was it was cut, cut out oh, of the no. final, yeah, cut out Darn. of the final. But as a result of that, you know, then he started getting roles, and he has been year after year after year. That's a that's you know over 30 years that he's been nice. doing films, and steadily, 
you know, he's not somebody who leaves and comes back and leaves mm-hmm. and comes back. Why do you think he's maintained such uh, staying power as an actor? He he's the guy you remember. Yeah, you do. He's got a he's got a a look about him. He's the guy he's you remember, high. even when he's playing, you know, like a regular guy in like the the detective in Mississippi Burning. You remember him. He has he has a striking. I mean, he looks striking. He ha, he's he has a, a particular way of presenting a character, and he also has a distinctive voice too. So. Um, yes, he does. That's, and that's probably why he's getting some work in um, some of the animated films. I know he was in the fantastic Mr. Fox and Finding Nemo. So he's doing, you know, voice work because his his voice is so is so different. But he isn't the, your usual run-of-the-mill actor. He just, uh, he looks different, talks different. He's not the same in every movie. He's mm-hmm. very versatile and he always seems so so real in whatever in whatever character he's playing on mm-hmm. screen and, and from, he's also a how can i put it he's a he's he's a leading actor but who's actually a character actor yes exactly he can play the the character roles and now I know that he can also play the leading roles. Now his right. both of his Oscars were for best supporting actor, but he can play. You know, if he gets the right role, like in The Hunter, I mean, he does a beautiful job as the leading actor. I don't know that he's played any romantic leads. Um, I'm thinking though, close to it might have been. No, I, I wouldn't. He was with Madonna in Body of Evidence. Oh. Sorry to hear and that. That was not a very very good movie, but he was good in that. And then he played with Susan Sarandon in Light Sleeper, and that was also a, a movie where he, you know, he was somebody that that you had some empathy with a, a drug employee. He was a drug courier, and he wanted to change his, you know, he wanted to change his life. And he was searching, you know, trying to change his life, and he was good in that. But uh, but that might be his only limitation, and, and maybe he can't do musicals. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, look at um, uh, the other guy from Platoon. Um, um, oh, jeez, the dancer guy. No, I'm sorry. He was not in Platoon. He was in The Deer Hunter. Oh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken <laughs> well, he started as a dancer. But no, he was trained. To, he was trained to be a dancer. Yes. <laughs> so um, so that's now, not, he should dance more. I saw. I I don't know if this played widely, but I saw a, a long time ago a movie where he played T. S. Eliot. But I I don't remember much about the movie. But I do remember him playing T. S. Eliot because at the time I was reading, you know, actual some of T. S. Eliot's work. Um, let me see if I can find it on on the internet. Okay. Movie yeah, because I'm not I'm not aware uh, of that. But I I thought I just now remembered one movie where he had a lot of competition, and I re- and when I reviewed it, uh, I gave just as much praise to him as to these two other actors, and 
you'll be surprised. Uh, the movie that I'm thinking about now, it's called Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, from the mariachi. Yes, and he was he was the uh, what do they call it a piano playing uh, kingpin cartel kingpin, and he was eerily brilliant in that. I said in my review, ah. and of course he was he was playing with Antonio Banderas and Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, let me tell you, any movie that has Defoe and Antonio and Johnny Depp is, cannot be a bad movie. It was a great movie. <laughs> it was one of my favorites. So, so any any Defoe fans who have missed out on Once Upon a Time in Mexico, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they, I know that's available on Netflix. But uh, it's it's really uh, a fun movie. But there's a lot a lot of violence, and and he did play one of those unconditional weird kind of roles, <laughs> which he he does so well. Well, I, you know, we've kind of gone past the the half hour mark, and um, I was thinking that we would we would have a, a thirty minute show. But you're always so much fun to talk with, Fausta. Oh, I'm you know what? Other before we go, another yes. movie that I that he was in that I liked was The English Patient. Yes, he was. He was in The English he Patient. A, he was one of the. He was the. Um, a, a very. Um, Odd character. Actually, the whole English Patient was a very strange movie it, when you consider it. But it's that's because the book it's based on was a strange book too, because you don't really know who these characters are when they're thrown together. It was hard to watch for me at, uh, for me to watch the first time around. I didn't like it at all, and then I watched it uh, the DVD and I watched the. Uh, bonus features before watching the English Patient, and then I loved it. Yeah. So that's an in- it's an interesting film, but um, yeah, I had I uh, had read we... the book before the movie came out, and I loved the book. So, so you knew something about yes. what it was about. Yes. However, mm-hmm. normally I don't like movies that you do not understand unless you have read up ahead of time cuz i think a movie should stand on its own even if it's based on on a book right i'm with you on that uh, if um the, the fans might be interested in what uh, willem dafoe has uh, coming in uh film and i checked on internet movie database and there are two films that look quite interesting there's one called Odd Thomas. That's O D D. Odd Thomas, and it's from a Dean Koontz novel. So, and it's a thriller. Ooh. So he'll he'll probably have another one of those those kind of roles. I don't know much more about that. And then um, and that's in post production now. And the other one is Boot Tracks. B O O T Tracks. T R A C K S. And he plays a character character called the Buddha in it, but it's not what you think. He's uh he's actually a jailhouse mentor <laughs> that <laughs> Stephen Dorff's character is uh you know, is very upset about after he gets released from prison. So uh what a great cast in that one. Stephen Dorff, who's just been in a uh, a terrific little movie called Break, and also Michelle Monaghan who was a friend of the show. We she she was so great in her interview on Movie Attic Headquarters. So I'm really looking forward to these two movies, Odd Thomas and uh Boot Tracks. 
So, well, Fausta, is there anything else that you would like to add about Willem Dafoe or about the projects that you're involved right now? I'm, I do want everybody to check out your terrific blog, award-winning blog, Fausta's blog, F-A-U-S-T-A-S, blog.com. Tell us a little bit about that and uh, and uh, anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners. Well, right now um, I blog mostly on Latin America. I blog about some American politics, but I also have a post about tango at least once a week because I'm addicted to that. But oh, now <laughs> I love tango too. Now that I know about the hunter. I'm going to have to look for it because I, I while we were talking, I was checking to see if it was playing anywhere near here. I live in, in, in New Jersey, and it's not out yet, but I'm going to have to see it because that sounds really very good. Yes, I hope that I hope that you will be able to see that. Now, the, you say that on your blog, the, um, the listeners can, uh, can find uh, your posts about Tango. Yes, it, it, actually, you can Google Fausta's blog Tango, and there's I have a whole category of Tango videos. Oh, I'm going there right after the show. <laughs> <laughs> you because you have taken Tango lessons, right? Oh yeah, and I I go I go dancing at least once a week. I was dancing last night, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's Argentine Tango. It's not Tango like they do in in, in the um, Dancing with the stars. This is a different style of tango, but I really like it, and um, it's a lot of fun. I even went to Argentina last year. I mean, the year oh before. My. Oh my gosh, you you are really into it, and I uh, tell you, it's insidious. And I'm I'm going to check check out those those videos on on your blog, and I just see that Felix logged in to the from New Jersey has logged in. Welcome Felix. We're so glad that you're that you're with us today. Um I wonder what Felix's favorite Willem Dafoe film or performance is. Maybe he'll maybe he'll uh, let us know before the before the show is over. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about Willem Dafoe? Fausta. I hope he keeps doing what he's doing so well cuz he's he's a really good actor. And he's the kind of actor that you remember from every movie he's made. That if you if you have seen him in a movie, you remember him. You realize that this is not um, just a run-of-the-mill actor. But he's he, while you remember him at the same time, he is totally a different person in each in each part. Well said. I I couldn't have said it better, and I, I'm just so glad that you were here to help us talk about uh, Willem Dafoe and to salute him and, and his movies. But I think it's time to wrap things up. So I definitely want to thank you, Fausta, for being such a great guest again. And um, will you come back soon? Oh, anytime. Good. I, I'll, I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to that, and I'll look I'll look forward to it. And this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to Willem Dafoe for giving us so many excellent performances to enjoy and to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. We really appreciate being featured as one of today's picks. Special thanks to Nikki Starr and to Daniel Dyer for all their help in making Movie Addict Headquarters such a fun show to host. 
And thanks to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in today. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next time for another spirited discussion about the movies. I think we will be doing a show about comedy, and uh, we'll be hopefully hearing the interview that we did, that uh, George Bettinger did with the late, great Madeline Kahn, and maybe some of, of Gilda Radner's early work on Saturday Night Live. So I hope you'll come back and, and join us for that show. It should be a lot of fun. In the meantime, don't you forget to check out our free film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. You'll find lots of reviews of Willem Dafoe's films on that site. That's all for now, folks. So because it's April and we're expecting some showers here, here's Gene Kelly to take us out with Singing in the Rain.